This podcast is produced by the National Association of Broadcasters and powered by Spreaker. Timely conversations, relevant information, helpful resources, all for broadcasters. Welcome to the NAB podcast. Here's Josh Miley. Welcome to fall and welcome to another installment of the NAB podcast powered by Spreaker. Today, you'll meet Mike Harm, the Chief Technology Officer for the Workplace Domain at Atos. We'll examine successful digital workforces across America, hone in on their best practices, talk about collaboration tools, and hear how you can implement these advancements at your station. First and quickly, though, the We Are Broadcaster site now features a new PSA. Congress is poised to act on legislation to rein in the overwhelming power of the big tech companies, ensuring local broadcasters receive fair compensation when your content is used online. Make your voice heard and remind policymakers of the vital local journalism at stake in your community. Download and air this new 30-second We Are Broadcasters spot today that highlights the importance of trusted local broadcast news at a time when misinformation is running rampant on social media. Just visit wearebroadcasters.com resources and download. That's wearebroadcasters.com resources. Now, on to the interview. Atos is the global leader in secure and decarbonized digital with a range of market-leading digital solutions along with consultancy services, digital security, and decarbonization offerings. They offer expertise in modern, global end-to-end solutions built around cloud, cybersecurity, high-performance computing, big data, vital business applications, and the expanding digital workplace. Our focus today is on that final aspect, expanding your digital workplace. As I mentioned at the top, Mike Harm is the Chief Technology Officer for the Workplace Domain at Atos. This means Mike is responsible for technology partnerships, supplier strategic relationships, overall workplace vision and strategy, as well as delivery technology policy in the workplace domain and adherence enforcement to those policies throughout service and product development life cycles. Mike is an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to the digital workforce realm, and I am really excited to bring our conversation to you right now. Well, Mike, let's start with some numbers. What does the U.S. workforce currently look like in terms of remote workers? I'm talking overview here. And and is the trend that we've seen over the past 18, 20 months of this pandemic, is it here to stay or is it going to evolve? So it's it's going through a lot of change. I think you know what's happened is we've had a bit of a false start on a lot of fronts with the return to work plans that companies had coming out of the summer, where we saw record low infection rates and and record low hospitalizations. And as that trend reversed, and as we kind of saw ourselves coming out of a bit of a trough of disillusionment, right, around the COVID, the COVID pandemic kind of wrapping up, right, I, I think there's been a, you know, a resurgence of work from home focus. And in fact, Gartner tells us now that, you know, most company leaders, about 80% plan to allow employees to continue to work remotely at least part of the time now, right, even, even post pandemic, even as part of their future plans, right, they're, you know, 80% of, of CEOs are now saying that, you know, there's going to be at least a part-time work from home plan that wasn't there pre-pandemic, right? And and about uh, 47%, almost half of those same respondents said that they'll allow employees to work from home full-time, right? So, you know, it's a, uh, you know, and then, and then you know, PwC ha- did a survey not long ago that uh, 669 CEOs, um, you know, 78% of those guys agreed that remote collaboration is here to stay for the long term. So I don't think that we're going to see a massive pendulum swing back to work in the office. 
I think we're going to start looking at a couple of things. One, different utilization of the real estate we've invested in and making that 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 space that used to be kind of individual employee centric to be more about collaboration and more about, you know, huddle space and working together. And uh, and then I think also, um, you know, the, the shared spaces from a, you know, multi-day work from home or, you know, choice days in the office and hoteling is going to become really important in the modern work facility. Yeah, I, I can tell you at NAB, we've, uh, we're, we're almost to the point where we're going to be back into our, our offices at 1M in Washington, D.C. And uh, that was planned yeah. for a bit earlier, but it's been shifted back. And, and we're going to have uh, kind of a hybrid work strategy going on uh, for folks as we move forward. So that's that's how we've changed. So that the, the info you just gave us and the, the statistics bore out uh, straight with what we do here at NAB. So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the thing is, it's a... Um, you know, I think we've recognized some employee benefits and I think some industries where it wasn't traditionally common for people to work from home were kind of forced into that mode and realized there are some benefits even for their specific use case. And, and you know, as a result, you know, it's the same, the same you know, in, in the, you know, even in the media industry, I think 65% of respondents to a flex job survey said that they could do their job full time, right? Um, and, 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 they, and they didn't realize that before, right? So it's a, Kind of a funny, you know, when you start to look at some of the data and you look at all of this, you know, we've had a we've had a massive year of analysis that we've been able to now glean, right? And and it's amazing the the outcomes that no one suspected before the pandemic, right? And now it's all about, you know, how do we best take advantage of that and what's the right mix, um, not only to continue safe and uh, you know safe and engaging employee experiences, but but also to look at, you know, what's the right productivity mix, what's the right thing for work life balance for the employee and talent retention, frankly, uh, moving forward. Yeah, and that all kind of gets to, to strategy when you're putting a digital workforce plan together. So I, I take it those are Absolutely. some of the things that, that you think about. What else might you think about uh, if you're a manager and you're, you're looking to chart this out? So, you know, from a, from a remote workforce perspective, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's very much a people management play, right? It's about employee engagement. It's about the experience that you, you can allow for based on the collaborative circumstances and the the, the amount of work together that your teams need, right? I think in, in the broadcast industry, it's very different because there's so much that's required to be on facility, on site, on premises, right? But the um, but in general, right? Even in those scenarios, if you look at what happened in the you know transition of even you know major television productions and news productions to these you know multi-vector you know remote experiences where we you know, there, there, was a, there was a lot of utilization of like, you know, re- remote video technologies. And even early in the, early in the pandemic, um, some, of, some of the same remote collaboration tools that we work on today, right? Like Zoom and, and Skype and other things, right? That were, right. That were utilized to bring, um, you know, newscasters and, and to bring, you know, what, what was typically reserved for use as field reporting into the standard broadcast for the anchors and for the, you know, the, the, um, you know, for, for, for the, for the hosts of these, you know, like, like if you look at the, the, you know, primetime, uh, you know, talk shows, right. And, and all of the, uh, all of the work that went into taking all of those into homes and, and, and move those to the, you know, to the basements of all these celebrities, right. That, that were able to do it all collaboratively. And, and, you know, so, so the, uh, you know, so, so there are a couple of things around that strategy, right. One, we, we've realized how far we can stretch it. I think there's a, there are a lot of new things in the tool belts of managers, Around the physical capabilities and the technology enablers, and and you know organizations like Atos will always work to help enable organizations with capability. Um, the, the the next thing you have to realize is you know what's the collaborative impact, and and is there is there an impact collaboratively? Is there an impact from a management engagement 
uh, with the employee. So when we talk about you know the ability to reach out, the ability to communicate and have open dialogue with our employees, you know we know that remote work is as much of an enabler of work-life balance and employee satisfaction as it is a hindrance to the ability to manage employees, to be available to your managed employees. Um, and, and, and frankly, to, um, you know, just just check in, right? And, and, and can I have that wellness check with our with our people, right? And particularly in a trying time like a pandemic, like a global pandemic, right? There's a, um, you know, there's a need for those managers to be available as, as, as just a resource for, for those employees that are struggling, right? And, and we know there are some pretty significant challenges to work from home for certain employees. And, and, and we know it's very personality-based and there are people that work better in an immersive environment and better on their own kind of in their, you know, lack of distraction mode. Um, and, 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 and there's a spectrum of that, right? And we have to manage what's right for the employee and also what's right for the kind of business, the kind of demands of individual teams. And I think that's where managers play a critical role. Yeah, I, I think that it's more, things have to be more thought out now, just a, just a little bit. There's no, I'm just going to get to that later and bounce down the hall and, and chat with so-and-so. It's you've got to make a deliberate um, outreach or, or just, you know, write yourself a note and just make sure, hey, I need to catch up with this person. So I have to make a specific outreach to do it. Yeah, well, you know, two years ago, we were talking about managers focusing on productivity and having all these new analytical tools to see how much work their people were doing, right? Now, it's about wellness. It's about engagement, right? Are we are we reaching out as managers more often, right? Are we are we, are we we checking in? Are we, you know, are, are our employees getting the kind of engagement that they need um, to be productive, but also to, to make sure that they're okay, right? Yeah. And it's an interesting concept because we, we hadn't, had that focus on wellness. And I think it's leading to, in the organizations that are doing it right, and the managers that are you know, naturally good at that sort of engagement, it's leading to a completely different employee-employer relationship, right? I know I have team members all over the world, right, that, that in my organization. And um, it's, been a, um, it's been an interesting balance for me of you know, not only working with those folks that you know, otherwise would have had other outlets to interact in person and interact in another office somewhere. Right. And now I'm one of the only tethers they have to the company and, and to the, the work culture. Right. And it's a, uh, it's a responsibility I've taken very seriously, but it's also a responsibility that's put a lot of pressure on me as a manager. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and it's a, it's an example of, you know, the kind of thing that now it's a totally new consideration for sure. Yeah. And, and I think that is definitely here to stay as we move our conversation yeah, along uh, digital workplace improvements that Atos specializes in. I want you to kind of go into those and talk about some collaboration tools that you think would best fit for broadcast companies. Yeah, so th- so this is a great you know area. It's 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 a much longer form answer than I think we have time for because we specialize in quite a bit. You know, we offer everything from the workplace strategy and the the identification of the demands from the employee base relative to everything from work profiles and you know, personalized profiles relative to the, t- the kinds of work that employees do, the kinds of technologies they use to be productive and, and, and produce content or, or produce knowledge or, you know, whatever they do in, in the company, right? Yeah. Um, but, but we also can go through and help companies set that strategy. So, for example, we do a lot, we're doing a lot of work with clients today around rethinking their real estate relative to remote work, rethinking their, um, you know, return to work plans, both from a physical security perspective from a, from a safety perspective as well. And, and doing some things interesting in the IOT space, but 
but then also from a collaborative spaces point of view, right? And there, there's some great enabling tech that, um, that, that drives, you know, turning what used to be a conference room or used to be an individual's office or cubicle into a huddle space, into a, a place where that, that Zoom call, that Teams meeting, that, that, that Google Meet can be much more immersive and the people remote can have the same kind of experience as the people in the room and nobody's missing out because they're not physically together, right? And this is solving problems for not just companies that have had to embrace remote work, but companies that were always geographically disparate, right? So, you know, employees on the West Coast and employees on the East Coast who've never been able to physically work together are going to get a much better experience now, even if they're all in the office, right? Because they're going to get that immersive tech on both sides. So, you know, we, we specialize in that that strategy, that planning, but then we offer the, the transformation itself and the the delivery and the installation and the support. And we bring the partnerships with the major players in that space to, to help enable the best in class solution, but also to run it, to manage it and offer the, the, the really, you know, high touch, you know, high engagement support and, and, and the support around uh, employee experience and making sure that, you know, we're measuring success of the adoption of these technologies, tools and capabilities. Right. So, um, you know, we really consider ourselves a holistic player in, in, in the digital workplace space. And it's a, it's a, it's a design through run and maintain um, point of view, right? So there, there are about 86 specific service offerings I won't go into here because we don't have time, but uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty broad portfolio. We'd love to explore with some customers that are interested in more. Well, I'll tell you what, 86 of them uh, begets, and, and I think I'll, I'll make a little bit of news for us. Uh, <laughs> I would say a webinar, which uh, is something we plan to do uh, with you and, and another Absolutely. member of the Atos team here in the, the very near future. So let, let's just say this podcast here is the appetizer. We'll go in a, a bit deeper uh, in time to come. So yeah. if you're listening, be, be ready for that. Um, one thing I do want to jump into is as you were going through all that, it brought me to thinking there's got to be some things as you're listing out and you said, we've got 86 different offerings that managers often overlook when they're thinking about this topic. What are a couple of those things you can bring to the table for them now so they can get, start thinking about this? Our clients in general are all, you know, experts in delivering technology services to their clients. Right. And, 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 and they all have a wonderful kind of servant leadership view of, of the, you know, their ability to deliver, the best in class technology, the, the best methods and, and the technology capabilities that enable, you know, fantastic work experiences, right? What we're, where we've helped a lot of those customers to kind of rethink is about how do we incorporate the rest of their work experience into their technology experience, right? And, and the thing that's often overlooked that, we're, that, that we, we specialize in, and we think this is a big differentiator for us in the market is, you know, we can bring the experience management, we can help couple the technology and IT delivery experience together and, and the support experience for that, right? Together with the the HR things, the line of business things, even anything transactional, right? The procurement side of the business, right? So that employees can start to build, you know, single points of demand and and one-stop shopping where they can go to to you know one portal, one app, one voice voice experience, one chat experience, and have all of the services that they need to consume, right? Um, at the same time, you know, we're looking at, um, you know, how do we bring kind of an anytime, anywhere view to the services so that we're ready for the next kind of reaction that we have to have, right? So many organizations had really sophisticated, really secure, um, you know, user infrastructure and platforms. Um, but with the, the, that infrastructure and platform was not ready for remote work and was not ready for the flexibility required in the last 18 months, right? Um, so we've been doing a lot of massive transformation for those companies. I think there's a there's a lot of work going into 
not only what we can do with um, not only what we can do with the um, the tools and the platforms, but what the outcome of that shift to the cloud and that shift to you know enrollment based management instead of this you know imaging and all these kind of heavy concepts. And when we when we help those customers realize those benefits, we're also then transforming our service we deliver to support that service. Um, in, in kind. So we're starting to shift to, you know, when someone orders a new laptop or it's time for their refresh, they get a, they get a direct ship from the, the device provider. They don't, they don't have to wait for a depot to prep it. They don't have to wait for a tech to deliver it to their desk. They, they, they can log in and be up and running. When we have to be flexible about the way that, you know, an employee needs to replace a device or, or acquire a device when there's a shortage and there's a massive global chip shortage right now, right? Um, the customers that we've given that flexibility to in our replatforming can go out and find alternative procurement streams and buy alternative client types that aren't their standard um, just to fulfill a need and, and, and get back up and running quickly, right? And, and in somewhat of a reactive mode, but, but it's preparedness for that. It's the platform flexibility that we provide, right? It's about convenience, it's about choice. So, so it's, it's thinking about those concepts and thinking about how they tie into the end-to-end -end employee experience and not just IT delivery that we've, uh, you know, we, we really specialize in and have helped change the perspective of some of our clients today. Well, and I'll tell you what, as you, as you went through that about three or four times in, in my mind, it said, well, this is a way that, that you're going to be able to save money by doing this. Uh, tell me if I'm Absolutely. right and tell me if there's any other ways uh, that people may not think of <clears throat> that when they do a digital work uh, workplace plan, they can save a little bit more money on the company side. Yeah. So it's a, uh, you know, it's absolutely about efficiencies and, and, you know, obviously we, you know, we, we bring a business case with, you know, the, the kinds of transformations that we help customers realize the trick is it's about focusing on the employee experience and outcomes. And then you'll actually have a better efficiency opportunity building out from the experience out versus looking at today's costs and setting a reduction target from that cost. What you're going to do there is reductive to the experience, right? But when you, when you focus on experience and you personalize services, you're going to have some of that same reduction opportunity. You're just going to reduce the things and you're going to take out the complexity that the employee, um, that the employee is not going to, not going to miss, right? It's, it's the things that you're going to take out that were kind of in the way of them having a great experience in a simplified, simplified uh, workplace. Right? So, you know, when we design from the, from the employee experience out and we start talking about, you know, user centric service design, and we start talking about, you know, personalized services through work profiling and personas, and 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 we start talking about the you know modern the modernization of the management plan, platform and the and the modernization of the productivity tools. Th there's massive savings there. There's massive net savings. It may not all be with a single provider invoice. Um, there's a ton of you know work time that we give back to the businesses and their employees because they're not spending so much time getting support or waiting during downtime for response and resolves. Um, you know, but 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 at the same time we're you know, we're absolutely also talking about, you know, committable, uh, measurable and manageable um, savings on the IT budget, right? So, so this is a, you know, to us, it's, it's a win-win. I think we've had a lot of success in the last few years, you know, shifting the, you know, traditional IT outsourcing view of, you know, you automate and you reduce cost and then, and, and that's your outcome to, you know, looking at user wanted outcomes and figuring out how we do those and drive efficiency. So, so that's a, uh, it's a big differentiator for us. It's been a big differentiator for our clients and recognizing better employee engagement, better talent retention, um, in addition to having that savings committed goal. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just about the perspective you start from and, and, and that you build the right program together with your provider, you know, to really drive those, uh, those benefits, not only at the cost side, right? Right. And I think that's fantastic. And it really, you know, 
forging that partnership really shows that you're invested as much as the company is going to be invested and everybody is working towards the same goal. And to that end, uh, you've helped someone that I think everyone listening is going to be familiar with and, you know, nothing proprietary here or anything, but uh, give us a little bit of, of the work that you did with Nielsen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Nielsen's a great client and, um, you know, they're a very unique organization, right? They've got over a hundred countries out there that they operate in. Um, and, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're not just a North American based, you know, analytics firm. Right. And the, the, the change they were going through was, you know, they were, they, they, they were seeing a demographic shift in, in their, uh, employees. They have over 50,000 employees, right. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, we were able to get them, a, you know, we were able to not only build out, you know, kind of an enterprise ready, but extremely modern greenfield so- solution around Google workspace for them. We were able to then bring all of the, you know, migrate all of the data and all of the, you know, legacy information in, into that new platform so that they could work and they, you know, they, they were not disrupted by it. And we did that over the course of about six months. It was a really fast migration. Um, and, 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 and that's not, you know, that's not atypical for, for, you know, our migration practice to work very quickly to bring, you know, massive transformation across these organizations. But, you know, there were some reasons they wanted to do it, right? They wanted global standardization. They wanted to be able to get, you know, they have a requirement to be able to get, you know, analytics data and, and content, you know, across the wire, um, you know, and, and work together on, on analysis, you know, across, across countries, across geographies, across, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in various parts of the world in, in, in near real time, right? So, um, they they need they needed a feature set. It was very specific. Um, in that particular case, Google Workspace was the right fit. Uh, it was both the right fit demographically for them, as well as the uh, as well as for some of the technical requirements that they had and the integrations with some of the Google Cloud capabilities they were also using from an analysis point of view. So so there are um, there were there were a lot of um, you know there were a lot of reasons why, but we were able to move very quickly with them. And, uh, you know, rough, rough numbers here, right? I won't go into too many specifics, but, you know, taking the Google Workspace route for them, you know, took infrastructure costs of like 20% off the top line, right? Wow. So, you know, that, that there's, a, there's big savings there in addition to the fact that they've got massive productivity improvements. They've simplified their workplace significantly into kind of an enrollment-based, you know, accessible anywhere cloud cloud-based offering, right? They can, you know, if they can get to a web browser, if they can get to content and work, right, securely. And, uh, you know, they've got real-time communication abilities now, real-time collaborabilities they didn't have before. So it's really a great success story. And a, uh, you know, it's, it's but, 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 but it's one of, you know, hundreds of these stories. It's business as usual for us to make this happen, not only with Google, but even on the Microsoft side. And with Microsoft, there are even, you know, some other, very specific uh, collaboration abilities that we bring. And, and, and with Google, there are some very specific analytics and collab abilities also. So, um, you know, the, it, Nielsen's a great example for the broadcast world, um, but we'd, we, we, we'd obviously love some more of those, but there are hundreds of other case studies we'd love to share with clients as well around, uh, you know, where we've done similar types of transformations and even very different ones as well, right? Right. And, and I like the, that the fact that there's opportunity to work uh, amongst, you know, see all the options, decide what companies you want to go with, how you want to work with those, and that you can implement. Listen, I think everybody in the broadcast industry knows uh, how much data uh, that Nielsen has to deal with just in America. Absolutely. And to say that uh, they've got 50,000 employees across 100 countries and you made the switch over for them in, in six months uh, is a testament to how amazing you guys are and the speed at which you work. And, and the 20% savings is fantastic. So, Mike, Mike, we're running out of time here. What haven't I asked you? And uh, as far as 
uh, Atos for broadcasters, how can they get in contact with you and your team if they need to? So I wouldn't say there are questions you haven't asked. I think the biggest thing to, to, to leave with, right, is, you know, as, as organizations are looking at, you know, what does my future workplace look like? I think it's about, you know, looking back and looking at what you've had to react to in the last 18 months. We've all had to do it, right? Um, and think about those challenges and whether, you know, there are modern capabilities that you could leverage. Um, I, I, I think there's a, you know, there's, a, there's an attitude in a lot of organizations where, uh, we, we feel very committed to our kind of on-premises infrastructure and our application estate as it exists today. Uh, it, it, it feels very daunting to think about shifting our productivity strategy to a new platform or, or to the cloud, right? Um, and, and I think the, the, the trick would be, you know, go out, you know, visit us online at atos.net, um, you know, provide your information and one of our specialists will contact and, you know, we can start to have the conversation at least, you know, we, we, we don't mind talking to organizations and helping them through this process either of, you know, maybe it's not as daunting as you think. Maybe the cost, the cost uh, isn't, you know, what you think it is. And I think it has pretty decent payback uh, pretty quickly, as you've heard. Right. Um, yep. But the uh, but it's also really about, you know, what the right solution is for your organization. And. Um, it might not be a platform reshift. It might just be let's let's look at this additional, um, you know, let's look at some additional scope. Let's look at maybe some of the engagement concepts. Let's let's maybe look at just the workplace design in general. And you know, is it are, are are we doing the right things? Are there things that we could help with? And in, in a lot of cases, there are com- companies that have been through a lot of modernization. They're just looking for world class support and the ability to bring in you know a very high engagement, um, very high efficiency. Uh, support, you know, and uh, and fulfillment capability, and, and and to help run this this modern workplace that's been built, that's that's driving this new this new normal, this new remote workforce. So, you know, we can help with all those things, and I think it's important to uh, you know to reach out and, and, and see if there's something that we could do for sure. All right, that is Mike Harm uh, from Atos, Atos.net, the website. Mike, thank you again for for spending as much time as you have with us, and look forward to having you on a uh, a webinar very soon. Yeah, I can't wait. Thanks so much for having me. Our thanks at NAB go out to Mike Harm for sharing his time and his insights, and to everyone at Atos for their work within our broadcast community. To discover the multitude of ways Atos can help your business, visit atos.net after the podcast. Time is almost up, but be sure to visit Broadcast Education, NAB's home for broadcaster education. NAB members receive significant discounts and exclusive content when they visit us at education.nab.org. Today, you'll find the all-new Political Advertising Primer, Radio Rules, a guide to FCC regulations for radio stations, the online public inspection file, OPIF, What You Need to Know course, Trinet HR Solutions webinars, our podcast archive, and a whole lot more. Again, that's Broadcast Education, found at education.nab.org. Finally, NAB's Congressional PSA campaign has launched and 30-second radio and TV spots featuring legislators speaking on issues of importance to our communities are now available to stations through the Extreme Reach platform. You can learn more at nab.org cpsa. That's nab.org cpsa. And that's all for today. Please subscribe and follow the NAB podcast using your favorite podcast app. We'll be back in October with our next episode. Until then, break out your sweaters, start searching for a pumpkin, and please educate your audiences on the safety and efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccines. For NAB, I'm Josh Miley. 
thank you for listening to the NAB Podcast, powered by Spreaker. <laughs>